welcome to the Morning Star Show with Super Sly 75. You're listening to OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. Sign up for OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform. Shout out to our super producer, Cindy Ashby. All shows are live on TheWakeUpRadio.com. Catch replays on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as otwtube.com. And now back to your host, Super Sly 75. Yo, what's happening? What's happening? Early edition, early edition. I had to do this one first. And I may come back later on today to do my other stream that I had that I had set up prior. This is just like breaking news, last minute type of stuff. Yo, I want to give a quick shout out to Adam22 for trying to strike my channel. Shout out to Adam22, no jumper, for trying to strike my channel <laughs> for posting that that conversation between him and official perv buster. Thank, shout, let's shout out. To Adam22 for trying to give me a strike. I appealed it. And YouTube said, you're good, son. I said, bet. Thank you. <laughs> what? You're not working? You're not working? We know how you do. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Shout out to all these big YouTubers trying to strike me. Hey, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Now let's get right into it, man. Listen, listen. Lord have mercy. Big Big Mark, what's happening? What's happening? All right, it's been a minute. Okay. It's, it's okay. Everybody's up in here. Right on, right on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Listen. I don't know what these rap dudes <laughs> forget that they're rap dudes and the law does not apply to these people. Yo, the shit that these guys are into... It's hilarious. It's not surprising, but it's hilarious. And then when it get caught up now, me personally, I don't think this is the, well, before I get to the Jay-Z part, I don't think this is going to ruin, ruin Jay-Z. I don't, I don't think, I don't think this is going to ruin Jay-Z. This is not a good look, but we'll get into his case. I got paperwork. Cause you know, I like to read big words. Okay. But first things first, prize from the Fugees. Yo, everybody is damn near in China's back pocket. Man, let's just go ahead and get to it. This is going to be a short stream. I just want to cover these two uh, articles. Man, let's just go ahead and get to this. This madness, y'all. City, the mysterious fire breaking out in a luxury building just hours after the FBI arrest today in the early morning hours of an exiled Chinese billionaire and one-time close ally of Steve Bannon. All day today, the questions, was this fire in any way connected? but authorities have just revealed tonight. Here's our investigative reporter, Aaron Katursky. Tonight, investigators are looking into a mysterious fire in a luxury high-rise on the Upper East Side of Manhattan that occurred just hours after the FBI arrested this exiled Chinese billionaire who once worked closely with Trump ally Steve Bannon. Federal agents Man. taking Gua Wenge into custody just after 6 a.m. inside his $32 million penthouse. Six hours later, the agents were still inside when the fire started, forcing them to evacuate. Our units responded in less than four minutes. We encountered heavy fire and smoke on the 18th floor of this structure, which is 37 stories high. 
Guo splitting his time between the penthouse and this 50,000-square-foot mansion, while federal prosecutors say he was orchestrating a billion-dollar fraud, lining his pockets with the proceeds. His 152-foot, $30 million yacht, Lady May, is where Bannon was arrested back in 2020 for allegedly defrauding investors of his We Build the Wall campaign. Bannon has not been charged in this case. We're told now that the fire was called in initially as smoke coming from a light fixture, but the fire marshal is now working to determine how it occurred, whether it was intentional. Otherwise, David, it is some coincidence. Aaron Kaczorski today. Okay, now there's a thread. There's a thread, okay? There's a thread with all this. And let me, let me place, let me put the thread. Let me, give me, give me a second. Give me a second. Now, Steve Bannon is the thread to all this. Okay. Steve Bannon is the thread to all this. Okay. Now. No, that's not it. Not, not, not it. Okay, here we go. Once again, keep in mind, Steve Bannon is the threat. Now, this is Prize. Y'all know Prize, the the quiet member. Some some would say the least successful member of the Fugees. I, you know, that's debatable. This dude here. It's a lengthy, lengthy article, but it needs to. It needs to. It has to be walked through. So. This is back in 2017. His cousin from China needed to meet. The woman on the line said the caller was an ex-girlfriend who Michelle, a rapper, producer, member of legendary hip-hop group the Fugees, hadn't spoken to in years. He grew up in a Haitian family in New Jersey and doesn't have a cousin from China, but he knew what the message meant. Okay. 25 minutes later, there was a knock at the door. Uh, an austere Chinese security agent in a suit gave uh, Michael a second room key and told him to go to the penthouse. Inside, another agent took Michael's phone and placed him on a pouch. A table and two chairs sat in the middle of the room. They can't kill me in the four seasons, Michael said to himself. Soon, a short, chubby man with wavy hair arrived, surrounded by more security personnel. Michael had met him before. He was Sun Li Jun, China's vice Minister of Public Security. Sun began shouting in Chinese. An interpreter translated from Michael, who the F do the U.S. government think they are? Sun had come up to the U.S. for sensitive negotiations with President Donald Trump's administration, but failed to secure a high-level meeting. For three years, Beijing had been targeting Chinese nationals living in America who viewed it as threats. Agents had surveilled immigrants visited their houses, and detained family members and still in China, aiming to persuade the targets to return home. Called Operation Fox Hunt, the covert rep rep repatriation strategy had infuriated U.S. officials. Of particular concern to Sun was Guo Wengay, a real estate billion billionaire. This is the guy that just got hemmed up. Okay, this is the guy that got hit. Everybody's connected. <laughs> This is the guy that just got hemmed up. You just saw the story. <laughs> Real estate billionaire living on temporary visa in New York from his home overlooking Central Park had enraged the Chinese government by making a series of scandalous claims to the media purporting to reveal the assets of top Communist Party officials. 
China was prepared to release two American citizens, one of them pregnant, being kept in the country under a so-called exit ban if the U.S. deported, deported Guo. Okay? Behind the scenes, the U.S. government had been agitating for their return. But when Sun and his entourage arrived in Washington hoping to make a deal, attorney Jeff Sessions was traveling and unable to meet with them, according to email Sessions wrote in May in 2017. This was 2017. 2017. This is way above my pay grade, Michael said after Sun laid out the situation. But if I were you, I would at least send the pregnant woman back as a token of good faith. You think so? When do you want her back? Okay. He said tomorrow. The weekend is no good. Monday, Tuesday, by Tuesday, the woman was back in the U.S. About two months later, an FBI special agent interrupted Michael at brunch near his apartment in Soho. The agent had 12 photos of Chinese officials and many questions. Who did Michael meet at the Four Seasons? Who else had contacted him from the Chinese government? And of course, how had a famous rapper and record producer found himself in the middle of a high stakes negotiation between global superpowers? Michael's audience with the top Chinese security official reported here for the first time was a flashpoint of one of the most unusual political influence campaigns in recent memory. His involvement began by chance around 2006 when he met a baby faced Malaysian businessman named Zhou Lu or Zhou Lo. Lowe was a globe-trotting financier whose lavish spending would put him on familiar terms with dozens of A-list entertainers. This guy was dating a, a, an American model at one point, Lowe. He had, a, he had a white model girlfriend, a European, whatever. Bought her an $8 million necklace. But let's continue. By 2016, U.S. investigators believe he masterminded the embezzlement of billions of dollars from the Malaysian Sovereign Wealth Fund um, one MDB blowing much of it on artwork, real estate, and gifts for celebrity friends, including Leonardo DiCaprio, Kim Kardashian. Fewer as close to low as Michael, prosecutors seized $95 million that they allege originated from low from Michael or with low from Michael's accounts. Okay. 95. What do you, what is, what is a, listen, there's no record producer sitting sitting around with a 95 not even dr dre has that much liquid cash nobody's sitting around with 95 million dollars in their bank account stop this billionaire cap status stop let's just stop right now okay with u.s authorities closing in and michael uh, and moving to confiscate his assets low needed help he turned first to michael hoping to cash in on the star's connections to president barack obama from Michael had raised money during the 2012 campaign. Next, Lowe turned to China, one of the few countries that could protect him from the long reach of American law. That sounds like uh, Dark Knight, when the mob's uh, accountant went fled back to China to escape prosecution, and then Batman broke every goddamn international trade law to go get him. China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs said in a statement that it was unaware of the events described in this story. Sun, who received a suspended death sentence for corruption offense offenses last year, couldn't be reached. A suspended death sentence. What? What? The U.S. didn't catch low, but it did squeeze his, his associates. Many agreed to cooperate and pursue plea deals with prosecutors. Michael declined. 
he turned down the plea deal. Prize turned down the plea deal. And the consequences for him could be dire. Federal prosecutors charged him in 2021 with 10 offenses stemming from his dealings with Lowe, ranging from conspiracy to witness tampering and acting as an unregistered agent of a foreign government. Michael maintains his innocence and has decided to fight the charges. The common thread that runs through this is that Praz was trying to get the benefits for the United States that were being offered by Minister Sun. Praz's motivation was, tr- was to try to assist the United States. Kenner adds that Michael's relationship with Lowe was rooted in a desire to secure investment for entertainment projects. The trial is scheduled to begin in Washington in late March. If convicted, Michael could go to federal prison for decades. He's looking at 22 years. He's looking at 22 years. Later around 2011, Michael and Lowe became close friends. He was just one of many celebrities Lowe cozied up to during a whirlwind of yacht vacations, club nights, and gambling lubricated by his vast financial resources. Kardashian would later tell the FBI she'd bought a Ferrari using $305,000 Lowe gave her in cash. The supermodel Miranda Kerr, whom Lowe briefly dated, received an $8 million in jewelry. Lowe was especially generous with DiCaprio, donating $3.2 million Picasso and a $9.2 million Basquiat to his charity. He also financed The Wolf of Wall Street, a film DiCaprio had been trying to develop for years. China. Hollywood is in China's back pocket. All you had to, all you have to do is go look at 10 cent pictures, 10 cent films. This is why the Chinese territories are so crucial to us films, box office, overall halls. There's only two territories that matter in this world. When it comes to us films, it's Hollywood. It's, it's the U S the Americas. And then there's China. If China says no to your films, your films normally don't do well. The last few films that did well outside of China was Spider-Man No Way Home. But the majority of these other films need China's. They need China's box office. All right. China's only allow so many films per year, per, uh, per non-Chinese films a year. Okay, okay, okay. Let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. And Michael Lowe had found a friend who was no less than music royalty. Okay. Prize had been raised in a strict home in, Jer- in Jersey. His parents forbade him from watching TV or even wearing sneakers. He met his future collaborator, Lauren Hill, in high school, later forming the group that became the Fugees with one of his friends, White Clef. Second album, uh, The Score, score uh, sold 18 million copies. Blah, 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 blah. Michael's solo career never took off, but he continued to earn money from the band's songs and maintain a lavish lifestyle, including a $30,000 a month New York apartment. His taste tended toward the flashy Patek Philippe watches and a Lamborghini SUV, which he showed off on social media. According to email records, Michael's financial advisor periodically admonished him for spending beyond his means, complaining at one point that he'd gone over $250,000 over budget in a two-month period alone. His lawyer, Kenner, says Michael's financial situation wasn't strained. Some have advanced the notion that Prize was hurting for money and that might 
show a motive to become involved in those matters that led to his indictment. Okay. Uh, let's see. Beyond music, Michael took on a range of projects often focused on social justice, political issues, spending nine days on Skid Row in Los Angeles for a documentary, traveling to, to the Somali coast in search of high seas pirates for another film, serving as an advisor to Michael Martelli, the performer who became Haiti's president in 2011. Okay, closer to home, Michael was a passionate supporter of President Obama. Government documents show that he wanted to become a more serious player, even mentioning a desire to be considered for an ambassadorship. Okay. Michael bankrolled a political action committee called Black Men Vote PAC and in the run-up of 2012's U.S. election told a Democratic official in an email that he was thinking about doing a fundraiser looking to raise anywhere between 5 to $10 million. A mutual friend forwarded the email to Lowe and told him erroneously that being a foreigner is not a problem. In fact, foreign nationals are prohibited from do donating to U.S. campaigns, including via PACs. Okay, here we go. Lowe wanted in. Federal prosecutors say he sidestepped the law by sending more than $21 million to Michael, who then used his own accounts and various straw donors to contribute about $2 million to Obama's re-election effort. It's not clear what happened to the rest. Okay. In 2015... Press reports about the graph that uh, 1MDB multiplied the FBI and DOJ open an investigation led by Robert Huckling, a special agent with the Bureau's International Corruption Unit in New York. According to the FBI memo, the lines of inquiry included investigating the theft of embezzled funds and their laundering into the U.S., as well as potential violations of banking rules and anti-bribery laws by Lowe's network of enablers. Agents soon identified Michael as a Lowe ally and a potential cooperating witness. Okay, here we go. Up here, another Democratic donor, tech executive, Frank White Jr. Come on, this stuff, really? So, <laughs> a tech exec named Frank White, this hip-hop shit is a, is a joke at this point, told the FBI that in late 2012, he brought Lowe to a holiday party at the White House, where Lowe posed with, for a photo with the president and first lady. Okay. Uh, about a year after the investigation was opened, federal prosecutors in California filed a sprawling forfeiture case or action seeking to seize more than $1 billion in assets that Lowe and his associates had accumulated. The filing spoke to the lifestyle astonishing glitz they'd built since 1MDB's establishment in 2009 in New York, a penthouse in the Time Warner Center, and luxury condos in Chelsea and Soho. In Los Angeles, a boutique hotel and multiple mansions, a Bombardier Global 5000 jet, material stake, and EMI Music Publishing. Now, y'all know Big John Platt runs that division. All my music heads, Big John Platt. They call him Big John for a reason. Big John is about 6'4", 300. <laughs> Big John been big like that since I've known him for the last 20 years. Shout out to his uh his assistant Holly, little white girl, right? EMI Publishing, the rights holder for songs by Drake, Queen, and other artists. The rights to the Wolf of Wall Street were also the subject of seizure complaint. Now here's here's how everyone's tied in. Okay. Woo. This is crazy. Now, 
Okay. This is how, this is Robert Huckling's, his timeline, his string theory. Okay. This is how everyone's connected. All right. So Praz is friends with Low. Praz was also friends with Nikki Loom Davis, TV producer and longtime friend with many GOP connections. Praz also knew George Higginbottom. Michael's attorney and DOJ official who assisted Michael with contracts and conveyed info about Guo to China's ambassador. Lo is connected to Guo Wingay, the businessman, right, that we did, was just arrested, right? Became target of a Chinese repatriation ca- campaign. All right. So now through Nikki Lum Davis, we get Elliot Brody, Republican fundraiser and lobbyist with ties to Trump and his associates. Brody knows Steve Wynn. Steve Wynn is the billionaire founder of Wynn Resorts in direct con- contact with Trump. Let's get back to Lowe. Lowe's connection through Guo Wengay connects him to Sun Lujin, Sun Lijing, Chinese vice minister of public security who tried to negotiate Guo's repatriation from the U.S. Lord have mercy. What have you niggas gotten yourselves into? What have you Negroes gotten yourselves into? This is madness. Let's continue. Summer 2016, Michael was in San Tropez on Francis soaked uh, Cote d'Azur, uh, d'Azur when he ran into Lowe's brother, Shen. Jen asked Michael to speak to Lowe, who explained his issues with the DOJ and dismissed the U.S. allegations as all lies. Lowe complained that his legal team was moving too slowly to resolve the cases which were making it difficult for him to operate. He wondered if Michael had ideas about who could help. After the Democrats defeat in 26, uh, 2016 uh, election, halting a case as large as the one against Lowe required pull with the freshly installed Trump administration. Michael didn't have any, but he knew someone who might. In early 2017, he spoke with an old friend, Nikki Lum Davis, TV producer who split her time between LA and Hawaii. Lum Davis had an unusual political degree, pedigree. Her parents, Eugene and Nora Lum, had been major fundraisers for Bill Clinton and had eventually pleaded guilty to arranging illegal donations. Lum Davis's own connections were weighted towards Republicans. She converted to Judaism after meeting her now ex-husband, Jade co-founder Joe Joe Shapira, and became hawkishly pro-Israel. On the coffee table at their home in Beverly Hills, the couple kept busts of Randy Giuliani, of Rudy Giuliani, and George W. Bush. Okay. Lum Davis suggested a name, Elliot Broidy, one of the Southern California's most prolific Republican fundraisers. Michael asked her to send supporting materials he could relate to Lowe, including photos of Broidy with Trump, as well as a brief bio and notes about his connections to the president. Has his longstanding relationship with uh, Secretary of Justice uh, Department Jeff Sessions that goes back 15 years. One of two people who were close to the boss that were instrumental in boss getting there that did not take a job in the administration. Okay. Early one morning in mid-March, Michael Lum Davis and Brody met at Brody's Los Angeles office to hammer out a potential deal to work for Lowe. According to the later FBI interview summary, Michael told the others that Lowe was not a bad guy, but rather a smart businessman who simply wanted to deal with his legal issues. Securing Brody's help would be expensive. A draft agreement the group prepared called for Lowe to pay a retainer of $8 million. If the team succeeded in resolving the DOJ's forfeiture action within six months, 
he'd pay $75 million success fee. Jesus Christ. If he won the case, if he resolved the case, $75 million. If it took six months to a year, the amount would drop to $50 million. Kenner says Michael mistakenly thought Brody was a lawyer and wanted him to represent Lowe, not to influence government policy. Oh boy, but what did you Negroes get yourselves into? <sighs> to ensure he received what he felt was fair, Michael insisted that he that the money and all communications with Lowe and his associates go through him. He in turn would deal with Lum Davis, who, who would pass on information to Brody. He was concerned about being cut out, Lum Davis would later say. About a week after the meeting, a financial advisor set up two Delaware companies on Michael's behalf, Anacorn LLC and Artemis Group LLC. By the end of the month, both companies had accounts at Los Angeles-based City National Bank. The next step was to meet with Lowe, who for obvious reasons avoiding the U.S., he proposed a gather in Thailand. Brody told Lum Davis he'd need $1 million to get on the plane from untainted funds. Reluctantly, Michael fronted it himself. The group landed in Bangkok at the beginning of May. A few hours later, after they arrived at the hotel, Lowe showed up at Lum Davis's suite. According to court filings and grand jury testimony, Brody told the group he believed he could use his ties to Sessions, Trump's attorney general, to persuade the U.S. government to drop its pursuit of one MDB-related assets. But before any of that, there was a matter of money. You had so many of your assets forfeited, so how are you going to pay? Lowe told visitors not to worry. I have friend who's helping me pay for my bills. The financier didn't identify the generous friend. Before the meeting ended, Michael raised another matter, one that revealed another interested party, the Chinese government. He told Brody and Lum Davis that Lowe was interested in Guo, the businessman living in New York who was making increasingly bold claims about corruption against high-ranking Chinese leaders. What are you doing you Negroes, this is none of your bit. Jeez. Yo, if you want the perfect example of large business, now this is beyond large business. This is CFR Bilderberger business. We not even, we, we're past large lodges. This is CFR Trilateral Commission Bilderberger business. Keep your black ass out of their business. China had issued a notice seeking his arrest through Interpol. Interpol. Weeks earlier, claiming Guo was wanted for bribery. It wasn't clear why Lowe would care about Guo's status, but he had reasons to seek favor from Beijing. Uh, according to Rossi, China in 2016 had offered to bail out one MDB, which owed billions more than it could repay. And with U.S. criminal charges, a possibility being useful to the Chinese government might provide Lowe a measure of protection. Cheesy <sighs> peace. Let me see how far. I, okay, I'm halfway through. Okay, okay, okay. As the Bangkok meeting drew close, Lowe said that he was willing to move forward with Americans and that the information on payment would follow. He was leaving town and Lum Davis, Brody, and Michael returned to their rooms to book flights home. They had work to do in Washington. Within days of the Bangkok meeting, Lowe started to demonstrate that he could pay. On May 8th, 2017, a $2.8 million landed in an account belonging to Anacorn. One of the companies Michael had incorporated an additional $3 million arrived less than 10 days later. 
The wires originated with a Hong Kong uh, corporation called Lucky Mark HK Trading Limited. Although it had no connections to Lowe, U.S. prosecutors alleged that he used the company to move money. As the payments came in, Lowe told Michael he wanted the group to meet again in Hong Kong. They agreed. When someone sends you a large sum of money and then wants to see you, you have to go see them. The new venue, he told Lum Davis, was just outside Hong Kong. Lum Davis was alarmed. We don't have visas to go into China. How are we going? How are we going to be able to go? I think they'll take care of it. Don't worry. We'll be able to get over the border. Oh, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. And there's prize right next to our boy. Prize with Clint. Boy, listen. Yeah, prize with Joe Biden. What? Send this nigga to prison. Send send prize to federal prison. This is... <laughs> Let's continue. At the boundary, the group handed over their U.S. passports and were waved through Shenzhen. Soon, Lum Davis, Brody, and Michael were sitting in another hotel suite with Lowe. There was someone he wanted his visitors to see. They walked to a different room where Sun, the Chinese security official whom Michael would later meet in New York, was awaiting with his entourage, all of them smoking. After some pleasantries, Sun began talking through an interpreter about Guo and what China was willing to do if the U.S. facilitated his return. Jesus, Pete. As the first step, Sun said the government would release Americans it was holding and take back Chinese nationals convicted of crimes in the U.S. whose deportations it had previously refused to accept. It would also consider new cooperation on cybersecurity issues. It sounded like an attractive trade. Maybe you're just not getting the message to the right person, Brody suggested. He said he could help arrange a meeting between Sun and Sessions to try to get your message through that you really want this fugitive return to China and what you guys are willing to offer. The three Americans went to Broy. You know what? Somebody call Ben Affleck, write the script for this and have him direct it. This is like Argo on steroids. Holy cow. The three Americans went to Brody's room with Lowe and ordered lunch. Before leaving, Michael put out a USB drive and uploaded a file onto Lum Davis's computer, asking her to pass it, pass its contents to Brody. It listed the purported legal allegations against Guo, including wire fraud, money laundering, and even kidnapping. Soon after, Brody sent an email to Rick Gates, who had been a top figure on Trump's campaign. He attached a memo addressed to Sessions, as well as the Interpol arrest notice for Guo. Brody didn't mention Lowe in the document, saying only that he'd been asked by my Malaysian business partner to meet with Sun. After listing the steps the Chinese official had offered to take to improve law enforcement relations, Brody got to the ask. The one request China will make is that Chinese national Guo Wengui be deported or extradited so he can be charged with these violations and go through regular criminal proceedings. Holy cow. Later, less than a week after Shenzhen discussion, Sun was in Washington trying to secure an agreement from Sessions that Guo would be removed. When Sessions couldn't meet with him, prompting Michael's late night summons to the Four Seasons in New York, Sun took the rapper's advice and authorized the release of the pregnant woman China. The pregnant woman China was blocking from leaving. The woman's mother was a target of Operation Fox Hunt. Beijing's pressure campaign against expatriates. She was described in a DOJ filing as an American citizen who previously worked at a Chinese state-owned enterprise and was accused by the government of embezzlement. Her daughter had traveled to China to visit relatives in 2016. Officials were keeping the daughter there under the exit ban until she persuaded her mother to return. 
Within a few days of Michael's intervention, the pregnant woman was on a flight to John F. Kennedy International Airport, yet the Trump administration didn't budge on Guo. Michael wanted to gather information on, for low on the reasons for the government's resistance. Official documents show that in late June, he made a bold gambit. He contacted the FBI directly and asked for a meeting. Agents soon came to see him at a restaurant in Manhattan. Michael told the agents he'd been working with a friend named John, a thinly veiled reference to Lowe, to help, get, to help China get Guo back. According to FBI summary of the conversation, he probed the interviewing agents, trying to understand whether Guo had some relationship with the Bureau that would explain the government's reluctance to deport him. Although they assured Michael that the FBI didn't have any arrangements with Guo, he did not believe the interviewing agents and repeatedly asked if the FBI was meeting with the businessman. When the agents asked Michael why Chinese officials would be interested, interested in, in his assistance, he said they believe that I can provide intelligence. He also noted that he'd been reporting back to John on the discussion that he said he'd be interested in keeping in touch about Guo. Jesus Christ, are you kidding me, nigga? <laughs> Michael had come to, see, come to them, happy, happy to even identify some of his contacts abroad. He spoke to FBI a second time in July when, when Hugh Clean, the agent overseeing the sprawling probe, uh, turned up unannounced during Michael's Soho brunch. Looking at photos from the FBI, Michael identified Sun as the minister he'd met at the Four Seasons and pointed out Sun's security guard. Kenner says Michael thought he was operating in the best interest of the U.S. by providing assistance to the to the FBI and hoped the U.S. could benefit from increased cooperation from China. Nigga, did, are you are you serious right now? Are you okay? Okay, let's continue. In Washington, Brody and Lum Davis were continuing to work with the uh, the, the to work their Trump administration con contacts, stressing that China was willing to release more Americans in return for Guo. With Guo's visa soon to expire, Brody also reached out to Steve Wynn. This is how Steve is tied into this, a major Republican donor who founded Wynn Resorts, which operates large casinos in the Chinese territory of Macau, to ask for help. It is critical. It is crit critically that his new visa application, uh, he immediately uh, denied Brody text. Uh, Wynn took the matter directly to Trump, bringing up the case at a White House dinner with the president and dropping off a copy of Guo's passport with Trump's security. When relayed an update to Brody, this is with the highest levels of the State Department and Defense Department. They are working on this. Holy shit. I'm getting chills reading this. I'm getting chills reading this. To Lum Davis, it appeared victory was imminent. You are the man right now, she texts Brody. They're going to give you the President's Medal of Freedom Award after what you will accomplish for this country. Brody was determined to finish the job. I'm going to slam until it's done. He texts back. Okay. Lord have mercy. Okay, okay. Okay, this time Michael had an especially unusual request. He wanted Higginbottom to go to China's embassy the next day. Higginbottom had helped Michael with dozens of legal matters over the years. This, this is his attorney. He later described his work for the rapper as ensuring nothing got effed up. Even after Higginbottom took a job at the Department of Justice in an office responsible for liaising with members of Congress, internal government documents show he continued to do work for Michael. Lord have mercy. He says, George, you're, you're an attorney. Michael responded, you're more well-spoken than I am. Hell, he'll have more respect for you. Higginbottom, a veteran bureaucrat, knew the meetings between the U.S. and foreign powers were tightly choreographed. 
A DOJ staffer showing up at a Chinese compound in Washington could trigger alarms among America's spy hunters. Higginbottom asked Michael if they could hold a discussion at a different venue, restaurant, a coffee shop, anywhere but the sovereign diplomatic territory of America's main strategic rival. Michael said no, it had to be at the embassy. Michael came to Washington to help Higginbottom prepare. They met at the Four Seasons. Legal documents indicate Michael wanted to show Lowe that his American representatives were advancing his priorities, even if that wasn't necessarily true. He told Higginbottom to deliver a straightforward message to the Chinese. The White House was working on a solution for the Guo matter and details on the logistics of the extradition would follow. That afternoon, Higginbottom walked to the Chinese embassy off Connecticut Avenue. Michael had given him a number for one of the ambassador's aides, and Higginbottom called as he approached, asking for directions to the entrance. He was escorted into a conference room decorated with pictures of Chinese leaders meeting U.S. presidents. The ambassador, Kui Tiakanke, entered the room uh, and entered after a short wait. I'm here on behalf of my private client, Higginbottom told Kui. This had nothing to do with the Department of Justice. I'm here in absolutely no official capacity. Kui peppered him with questions. When would the de deportation happen? Who would be getting in touch to make the arrangements? But Higginbottom had nothing more to tell him. Still, the ambassador seemed appreciative, and Michael t later told Higginbottom Lowe was pleased with how the meeting had gone. Uh oh Higginbottom didn't know he triggered a diplomatic tripwire before setting foot inside the compound. The previous night, police officials from the Chinese embassy had called their American counterparts to verify his identity. So they have a tripwire. So holy, so if you're, if you're not supposed to be there, and you just walk up in there. Oh, this will make a great political thriller movie. Oh my gosh. Let's continue. Officials from the Chinese embassy had called their American counterparts to verify his identity. The matter soon landed with the DOJ's office of the inspector general, the agency's internal watchdog. Upon being summoned, Higginbottom explained that he'd gone to the embassy on Michael's instructions. And here's where it falls apart. Here's where it falls apart. Higginbottom just became another piece in a growing set of U.S. investigations into Lowe and China's activities. By now, American officials were looking into Lum Davis and Proity too, as the pair continued to work, continue working to get the DOJ to back away from Lowe and dislodge Guo from the U.S. Wen's involvement was also increasing. With Lum Davis as, as facilitator, he spoke by phone with Sun at least eight times beginning in June 2017. During the same period, according to legal filings and internal government documents, Wen spoke about the Guo case with U.S. officials, including White House Chief of Staff Reince Priebus and his successor, John Kelly. And that August, while yachting with Brody and his wife off the coast of Italy, Wen called Trump and asked about the status of Guo's potential extradition. Trump replied that he'd be happy to have them. Son and his team come to see us at the White House to discuss the issue. Lawyers for Wynn said his role was a messenger conveying information rather than a lobbyist. In October, a federal judge dismissed a DOJ suit that sought to compel him to register re retroactively under the Foreign Agents Rest re uh, Registration Act, which requires anyone lobbying for a foreign client to notify the government. Wynn didn't respond. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. That's Trump and Wynn. Holy cow. Okay, let's see, let's see, let's see. Soon after, uh, soon after, according to DOJ interview with Kelly last year, a Chinese delegation showed up at the White House claiming they'd been told Trump had agreed to a meeting about Guo's extradition. Kelly recalled that he blocked them from seeing the president, directing his staff to connect the group with the DOJ and the Department of State, which ultimately denied the request. 
He said the Chinese seemed stunned because they were under the impression that the meeting was a done deal. Even with little progress being made towards toward Lowe's goals, he was encouraged enough that large sums of money kept coming into the U.S. from Lucky Mark in early August. For, um, in early August, $12.8 million arrived in an account belonging to one of Michael's companies. Kenner said the U.S. government hasn't proven that Lowe controlled or directed the funds sent by Lucky Mark. Michael then sent $3 million to Brody's wife law firm, which in turn sent $900,000 to Loon Davis. A further payment of $10 million came to Artemis, the other Michael controlled company later in that month. George, you're a smart guy, right? Help me understand why you're in the middle of all this. Why do they need you? January 3rd, 2018, Higginbottom was seated at a D in a DOJ meeting room across from Harry Litsky, a senior special advisor from the Inspe Inspector General's office with his responsibility for investigating insider threats. And one of his colleagues, Litsky, made a point of telling Higginbottom the door was unlocked. He was free to leave if he wanted. Internal DOJ and FBI messages and memos revealed that Michael had had by now become a key target of their investigation into Lowe. FBI agents considered him the current best opportunity to get a cooperating witness and were seeking the ways to getting leverage on Michael for the 1MDB investigation. Higginbottom and Litsky had spoken on several occasions with Higginbottom insisting that nothing he'd done for Michael amounted to espionage or improper involvement in national security issues. He said it was all just business with Michael helping, uh, helping Lowe for a financial motive. Okay, Litsky began his questions focusing on the payments from Lucky Mark, an additional $41 million sent from a different Hong Kong company. Higginbottom helped facilitate the transfers on Michael's behalf, going as far as meeting with Lowe in Macau to discuss how best to move money into the U.S. Weeks later, he told inquiring, inquiring executives at Michael's bank that Lucky Mark was a souvenir manufacturer that had hired Michael for a complex civil litigation matter too sensitive to discuss. You've had discussions with an individual by the name of Joe Lowe overseas in Southeast Asia, Litsky said. Is that correct? I have discussions with him, yes. And those discussions have included transferring money? Yes. George, there's a problem here. We have a bank fraud issue. We have false statements. The lucky Mark sending money to Michael. They don't sell anything. They don't make anything. They don't have services. They don't do shit. They're a shell company for money laundering. Okay. And don't say, yeah, you're right. Don't say, no, I disagree. Just take it, it, it all in for right now. You're a good guy at heart. So we've got, we've got to work to get you out of this. You're creating paperwork and doctoring up contracts that facilitate money from this guy's company, which you know, whether you knew before, you certainly know now is a shell. In a matter of weeks, millions of dollars start flowing. What did you get? A buck seventy, a hundred and seventy thousand, peanuts in the grand scheme of things. You have an, a huge opportunity to make your position a lot better, but you can also make it worse. Lord have mercy. He held that low had nothing to do with financial arrangements. When the agents asked Michael to account for Higginbottom's visit to the Chinese embassy, he had an explanation ready. Euclid wrote, Michael said he'd been working to promote Chinese investment in Haiti and had asked Higginbottom to update China, China's ambassador in the stead. The agents didn't buy it. When they told Michael they were aware he'd been doing business with Lowe, his story changed. Uh-oh. He acknowledged working with Lowe since the early previous year. Still, Michael didn't believe he'd done anything wrong. Hughley wrote that Michael wanted the interviewing agents to understand that because of his celebrity status and his connections uh, all over the world and, and meets with all sorts of people. 
The FBI tried to convince Michael that it was in his best interest to cooperate with the 1MDB investigation. Later in January, Hugh Killeen sent a text to his supervisor, if Praz comes around and he's not there yet, he's going to realize he has a lot of time to work off. Federal prosecutors were in Washington were laying the groundwork to charge him with acting as an unregistered agent in a, of a foreign government, an offense that carries a prison sentence as much as 10 years. He also faced potential charges for election law violations relating to Lowe's alleged political donations. According to people familiar with the matter, the government wanted Michael to plead guilty to a felony, forfeit the bulk of his wealth, and agree to assist with other prosecutions to avoid a broader indictment. Michael decided to reject the plea for a number of reasons. One of the most significant is that it would make him a felon by admitting to willful acts he didn't believe were true. Dang. He knows he's, he knows what's coming, right? Oh my God. Michael's trial is set to begin on March 27th in Washington. It will feature a rare convergence of superpower rivalry Beltway politics and Hollywood glamour. Kenner, who's previously represented rap artists. This is David Kenner, y'all. Is seeking to call Obama and Trump. Both targets of Lowe's influence efforts as witnesses. Though it's uncertain whether either former president will appear. Meanwhile, DiCaprio is also on the witness list for the government. As is Higginbottom, whose filing show is cooperating with prosecutors. His testimony will be crucial. Kenner says he'll argue that Higginbottom is violating his professional obligations as Michael's former attorney by disclosing their interactions. If convicted, Michael is likely to be treated far more harshly than the other Americans involved in Lowe's lobbying campaign. Higginbottom pleaded guilty in 2018 to a single count of conspiracy to make false statements to a bank with any sentence to be determined later. Lum Davis was sentenced to two years in prison for her own guilty plea to one count of aiding and abetting violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act. In 2020, Brody pleaded guilty to a count of conspiracy to violate FARA stemming from his work for Lowe, but he was pardoned by Trump three months later. You got to love that shit. Let's continue. The following April, he signed a cooperation agreement with the DOJ, which promised not to prosecute him for for other crimes that may arise in this investigation in exchange for his testimony and other assistance. And for the time being, there's little chance that, that the man who brought them all together will see a prison cell wanted on a range of charges by the U S as well as Malaysia. Lowe is believed to be living in China with his family. Although he's keeping a low profile, he's occasionally spotted in the public. One of the last sightings was in 2019 at a Shanghai Disneyland. Praj, you stupid. Praz, you stupid. Praz is stupid. You stupid. You stupid. Wow, that's the picture of, of Lowe at the... Boy. Y'all better stop playing with these... This is beyond... <laughs> Praz, you stupid. They're going to hang your ass. They're going to hang this dude. Literally. They're going to hang Praz for this. They're going to hang pros for this. I hope it was worth it. I hope it was worth it. Okay. That's just, that's the prize story edition. Now we're going to move on to, we're going to move on to Jay-Z Lord have mercy. 
Lord have mercy. Yeah, White Dragon Society. Boy, y'all gonna learn. Y'all gonna learn messing with these people. See, the black ones always get the brunt. You know what? Yeah, Team America. I I don't think I don't think Prize could. There's not enough telling that he could do at this point, man. What's the ninety-seven percent? I believe ninety-seven percent. They're gonna watch this dude. They're gonna watch this dude. All right, I'm just going through the comments. I'm just going through comments. Okay, let's get to Jay Z. Jeez, these peeps. Lord have mercy. Okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's get to Jay Z. Let's get to Jay Z. Let's get to Jay Z. All right. Now this just happened a couple days ago. Now, if if this woman ends up somehow in the woods not breathing, you'll know why. Okay, this woman here, Kathy Clay. Kathy Clay is the linchpin to this to all of this. Okay. Kathy Clay decided to pick a fight with with the big dogs and um I don't know. Kathy Clay decided to pick a fight with the big dogs. Okay. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. There's a, there's a lot to unpack here. All right. A lawsuit has been filed against Jay-Z's brand, alleging gender discrimination, inaccurate financial reports, and the illegal shipping of cannabis from California to New York. She was wrongfully terminated after filing a whistleblower report. Now, you know what happens to whistleblowers, y'all. And now that they do have a whistleblower law in place to protect whistleblowers, but how's that working out for the whistleblowers? <laughs> the former TCPO employee claimed she was harassed and discriminated against due to her gender and then retaliated against over her flagging alleged illegal activity with law enforcement details. Jay-Z serves as the chief visionary office for TCPO. The company cited now had 30 days to respond to the lawsuit. Once again, just nasty freeform locks. You, I'm cool. You, anywho, anywho. This is the chief financial officer, Mike uh, Batasol, Batasol, who has been accused of harassment. Okay. Is this why National Guard has been mobilizing it out of this country? Sir, that's none of our business. George, you're the only, listen, the, the script for this, for that prize story, you know, if you can get that thing made, man, and get it on HBO, get some HBO money behind it. Cause they put out, they put out the best, I believe the best, um, nonfiction, nonfiction movies. You know, if you can get some HBO max money behind this, behind that prize shit, bro. Yeah. You know, let's go, let's go. Let's go. Okay. Transporting cannabis across state lines is a violation of federal and state laws. Okay. The parent company owns website. The brand is a leading California consumer brand portfolio and omni-channel cannabis platform. In the lawsuit filed Santa Clara, February 16th, Clay claims TCPO executives shipped cannabis across state lines. The former VP says execs took items to New York for a monogram event with Sean Carter, a violation of federal law. And additionally, California laws prohibit shipping cannabis from the Golden State to other states. Clay filed a whistleblower report in August 2022 and then resigned the next day. 
She says she was harassed, discriminated against to the point that she had no other choice but to resign. Even before she was forced to resign, she says she experienced years of gender and sex-based harassment at the company. One of the alleged offenders was TCPO Chief Financial Officer Mike Matasol. Now, I personally don't think this is going to hurt Jay-Z too bad. Like, a lot of people are going to start reporting this is the end of Jay-Z. Jay-Z is going to be fine. Because Jay-Z didn't really run the business or call the shots. He's just kind of the face of it. But let, there's still an interesting read nonetheless. Let's, let's continue. Let's go into it. Um, Clay alleges that Batsoul acted aggressive and demeaning toward her throughout her time with the company. He also allegedly publicly questioned Ms. Clay's abilities and told her was treated differently because she used to be nicer. Uh, Batsoul made many appropriate, inappropriate comments about women hiring housewives to perform accounts payable, people of color and skill sets of employees. Okay, the former VP says her treatment only worsened after she warned company execs about the outright inaccuracies in their filings and their financial filings with the SEC. Clay's attorney, David Ratner, said they are not comfortable sharing evidence at this time, but his team has concrete, irrefutable proof of each allegation in the complaint. This is what they, they're just saying from Santa Clara to New York. This is Clay. This is uh, her attorney, David Ratner. Okay, once again, Jay-Z is just a chief visionary officer. He doesn't, this is not going to, this ain't going to, he'll be fine. But once again, once again, let's continue. This is the, the product, the monogram. Okay, okay. According to, to the SEC, TCPO operates 11 cannabis retail locations in California and employs more than 650 people. TCOP and the other companies have uh, named and have until March 16th to respond. That's today. An initial court hearing in this case has yet to be scheduled. Okay. All right. That's the first part. Let's see. Okay. 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 So, Hove serves as the chief visionary officer of TPCO due to his and Rock Nation's association association via monogram. The company does not comment on active blah 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 blah. Okay. Okay. This is not gonna hurt Jay, but let me pull up the, the paperwork. Let me pull up the paperwork and we'll go over it briefly. Y'all know me. I'm down for some legalese. I'll read. I'll read the hell out of a, a out of a, a case file. So this is the case here. That's our attorney, uh, David Ratner. Uh, da, 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 that's the that's his law firm. Blah blah blah. blah. Attorneys attorneys for uh, plaintiff Kathy Clay. This is filed in Santa Clara. All right. You need. There's all your information. Filing numbers. Filing dates. You know. Case number. All right. See complaint for damages, uh, retaliation, hostile work environment, harassment, failure to prevent discrimination, harassment, wrongful termination, and violation of public policy. California Whistleblower Protection Act, gender discrimination. These are all under, these are all under California codes. Okay, let's continue. Kathy Clay individually brings this action against defendants uh, G and G and C staffing, TPCO. This is a British Columbia Corporation, 
U.S. Holdings and Delaware. Okay, okay. Plaintiff at, and at all times relevant to this action was a resident of Santa, Santa Cruz. Okay. Plaintiff is informed and believes based on their own alleges that defendant GNC is a California. Blah, 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 blah. Informed, informed, and based on Canada. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, here we docs one two fifty. Plaintiff will seek the leave of the court to amend this complaint to set forth the true names and capacities of any such. Okay, so I gotta get all their names. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, let's see. Jurisdiction of venue, California. General. Okay, here we go. General allegations. Here we go. General allegations. Kathy Clay, fifty-seven-year-old female, began working for CMG Partners. Uh, okay. At time present five years. There were no reviews. Uh, it was given promotions, performance-based bonuses, and raises throughout her tenure and never received an HR complaint. Okay. At an in-person meeting where the lack of cash controls as a, an accounting function was being reviewed, the controller, Mark Casanova, became hostile and belligerent. However, no action was taken by CFO Mike Batsoul. Mr. Casanova then stopped being responsive to Ms. Clay's emails and requests because she was asking where's the money going. All right, I see here. He's asking where the money's going. Okay, let's go. Uh, at a PowerPoint presentation to leadership, Ms. Clay presented increased risks, gaps in control, non-compliant operations. Ms. Clay made a statement that she was not including the compliance violations in the written document as they would have become discoverable as she was attempting to fix them before they became a regulatory legal issue. Um, Mr. Batzel shared the 2022 uh, Performa Budget with Ms. Clay, reflecting her department eliminated. Ms. Clay perceived this as a threat by Mr. Batsoul that he would eliminate her and her department. So that's how they were going to get rid of her. Okay, okay. At a Zoom meeting regarding missing items from accounting team for diligence, acquisitions, and integ uh, integration, Mr. Batsoul acted extremely un uh, confrontational and accused Ms. Clay of being unqualified to lead projects. Yeah, this ain't going to hurt Jay-Z. This ain't going to do nothing. Listen, stop. Let me just stop right here. This is more on Batsoul. And them people, this ain't gonna hurt Jay Z at all. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's another, it's another, Jay Z will be fine. Jay Z will be fine because obviously he's not the one that called the shot to move dope from or to move cannabis from California to New, to New York. He'll be fine. Bat Soul's on the hook for this. Let's continue. Ms. Clay notified Mr. Bassel and Tony uh, Troy Datcher, the CEO, that she could not in good conscience sign the SEC form 10 attesting indicating the underlying financial data is accurate due to the lack of cash controls and outright inaccuracies in the financial record. So she wouldn't sign off on it to the SEC. Okay. She also, uh, Ms. Clay also emailed Mr. Bassel to inform him that accounting was not working on, on with her on her team or her team. Okay. Okay. Uh, these issues pointed back to Mr. Batsoul and his team. Uh, the same event occurred in April 2022. Ms. Clay declined to sign the, uh, the uh, attestation via DocuSign, documenting the lack of accuracy and controls within her DocuSign declined to sign. Okay, sent an email, follow-up verbal conversation with Mr. Batsoul that Mr. Casanova refused to work with her. Mr. Casanova regarding accounting, not partnering or communicating with her or her team. Regarding the accounting team's unwillingness to meet failure to support the treasury role that Ms. Clay was backfiling for the benefit of the company and requested assistance. Mr. Casanova was ignoring Mrs. Clay's in intentionally, but asked her to preserve or persevere for the good of the company. 
Miss Clay emailed Mr. Bad Soul again regarding the ongoing treatment by the accounting team. Mr. Bad Soul continued to fail to hold his team accountable and appeared to be working around Mr. Casanova's unwillingness to communicate with Miss Clay. Mm-hmm. Mr. Casanova was rude, disrespectful, and dismissive. Miss Clay reported that this behavior to Mr. Allen, Mr. Arnold, and Mr. Bad Soul. Okay. Miss Clay communicated with Mr. Arnold that being ignored by the county team is no longer uh, good for Kathy and that she cannot continue to perform for the good of the company without action by HR. In addition to her uh, regular duties, Miss Clay continued to perform the full time treasury role. No action was taken by HR. Uh, let's see. Can I... Okay. To the coastal integration plan agreed to by Mr. Batsoul without consulting or informing her, effectively undermining her, her team, and the ability of the, of the company to successfully integrate the coastal acquisitions. Okay. Mr. Casanova violated the company's code of conduct towards Miss Clay and was reported to HR by company counsel Judith Shimmer. Mr. Casanova received a written warning and was informed to apologize or be terminated. However, he refused to apologize or sign the written warning and is still employed. Shout out to the toxic masculinity. Good. I'm being petty now. But anywho, in retaliation, Mr. Casanova verbally and in writing requested that Ms. Clay be excluded from any meetings where he was present, specifically the 2021 audit meetings and with uh, MNP, Grant Thornton, and Con Resnick. Three days later, email confirmed that Mr. Casanova had removed Ms. Clay from audit meetings. Mr. Batso had indicated he directed Mr. Casanova to remove her. Listen, it's the good old boys club. Yo, sis, have a seat. Sis, have a seat. <laughs> men, you, you fucking with men. Like men, like bitch, sit down. Like, they're not here for you. Like bitch, sit down. This is basically, ah, this is, ah, this ain't a big a deal. I mean, the moving of drugs from coast uh, state to state, that's an issue. But this ain't gonna hurt Jay-Z. I'm over this. I'm over this, y'all. Okay. That was gonna be more than what it was. It's not. Jay's gonna be fine. This ain't got really shit to do with Jay-Z, y'all. Just because he's the face of it. Yeah, it, nothing burger. This ain't this ain't this ain't about nothing. Yeah, 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 bitch. Sit down. Let the men do what the what the men do. Have a seat. Sit down, shut up. <laughs> I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna come back in a couple hours and we're gonna get into some more uh nonsense. But I just wanna kinda get into this. But the prize thing. George Sims, brother, get get your screen, get your script writing uh, team together. You got here's your here's your next movie, bruh. Here's, here's your next movie. This prize shit, intriguing as hell. So um, I'm get out of here. I'll catch you in a couple hours, peace.